Welcome to episode two of Tales of an Anxious Mind. And this evening we are going to be discussing fear and being tired. So this week, I'm tired. I'm really tired. Um, I've been sleeping, but I haven't been getting any rest. Not 100% sure as to why, but that's what it is. So I know personally, when I am tired, I do not fare very well against my anxiety. The first thing that I notice is um, my emotions are unstable. Um, I'm quicker to anger. And this might be, you know, indicative to all people, whether they are anxiety sufferers or not. But bear with me. I'll explain. Um, So I'm more irritable. Anger is more accessible to me. So whereas in my normal rested life, um, anger is not the first, second, or third emotion I revert back to, regardless of the situation, it's normally my last resort. Um, the last thing that I experience is anger. So those things mixed together with being tired leads to kind of this cocoon of fear that begins to be created. <clears throat> my anxiety is a very well aware that when I haven't slept, I'm weak mentally. My mental game is weak. I'm slower at processing. I'm slower at understanding. I'm slower at um, catching things. I miss signs and triggers. So I have the tendency to when I haven't slept it kind of becomes a pattern because I start to worry. The first night I don't sleep, I'm like, oh, Lord, I didn't sleep last night. I hope I don't sleep like that again the next night or the next night because I know if I sleep like that the next night, then I'm not going to sleep like that the night after that. And then I'm going to start stressing out and my anxiety is going to start going up and I'm going to have a panic attack and, you know, I start to spiral. That's what we call a spiral is when your thinking is kind of snowballing. We have to do our best to get in front of those and to make sure that our thoughts don't spiral. The next thing that happens is if I'm able to catch the spiral, if the spiral goes, it'll start to manifest physically. Like I will physically start to um, exhibit symptoms from me not being able to sleep, from me being tired. Um, I'll start to store more stress in my body because now I'm reverting back to anger, um, irritability, frustration, all those violent um, feeling emotions. So in my body, you know, I'll start holding my fist more, clenching my jaw. My shoulders will be more... um, tight. They'll be higher. They'll sit up higher because I am approaching fight or flight because I haven't slept. So I haven't slept. 
My thoughts are spiraling every 15, 20 minutes. As soon as I get past one spiral, here comes another spiral because things are always happening and my environment also dictates how I feel and what I focus on. So if I keep myself in the house and I kind of, you know, stay in my room or in my bed or just busy myself with little mundane chores here and there and I interact with children, I'm less likely to have an anxiety attack or spiraling thoughts. But if I'm out and about and I go outside and I hear a lady cough three hours over and then I turn around and she's still coughing, I'm like, leave the store, lady. You done coughed 92 times, okay? Now, you know it's corona. Why are you out here? I don't care if you got a cold. But out on the flip side, I'm an allergy sufferer. (laughs) So, I'll be damn near about to choke to death because I need to sneeze or I need to cough and I'm trying to hold that shit in. Like, don't let it out! And uh, I gotta let it out. So, I sneeze or I cough and now I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't cough this corona. People gonna think I'm sick. I might be sick. What if I'm one of them people that just don't have the symptoms? I really got it. I should really be going home. And that's another spiral. That's a spiral. Stop, stop, stop. I talk to myself. Stop. We got to focus on something else. What did we come to this store for? (laughs) Now I got to look and see what store it is. Oh, okay. Let me go get what it is that I came here to get and get my butt back home. Because outside is not the place for me right now. Because I'm tired. And I have anxiety. And when I'm tired and I have anxiety, I can't necessarily do things that are normal or regular. Because I always have to be on guard. And this is not, this is not about living a life in fear or slave to anything. This is just giving an example of something that I struggle with, but also to point out, this is how I know I need help, or this is how I know what's going to happen. And if you know what's going to happen, or you know the why, then you are in a better position to be able to do something about it. Do something about it. This is not a podcast to say we all suffer from anxiety so let's just sit here and suffer together no this is not that kind of a podcast this is a podcast to discuss these are some of the triggers these are some of the reasons this is what it can look like because it might look different for everybody but this is how you can combat it this is how you can fight it This is how you can overcome. Being aware and being in the know, having the wisdom, having the knowledge, having the information is what helps you overcome such things as anxiety, depression, or any kind of mental illness. Trauma. We are all victims of trauma. And trauma creates these things. It doesn't mean that you are not um, healthy enough. It doesn't mean, it doesn't indicate anything negative within you other than you have 
been strong too long. Everybody needs a break. Everybody has a breaking point. And taking care of yourself looks different for everybody. For me, when I'm tired, I have to take it easy. I can't hold myself to the expectations that I hold myself to every day. Some days I have a list, a really long list. I mean, who am I kidding? Most days I have a list. I go to work on the freeway for 45 minutes, at work for eight hours, on the freeway for 45 minutes, come home straight to the kids. What do the kids need? What does my husband need? Because he works from home and he is also doing the distance learning with the kids while also carrying a full-time job. He's a counselor. So he's dealing with emotional needs from all sides. He's giving to him job and he's also giving to our family. So when I come home, I know enough to know that all of these people need me in different ways. And the whole ride home, I am diagnosing, like, how much can I give and to whom? I'm a problem solver and a little bit of a scientist. So I do experiments and I figure things out. I figured out that I can't do everything for everybody every day. (laughs) I cannot and I will not continue to try because it comes at the cost of me. There is a, There has to be a little bit of selfishness when it comes to maintaining health. You have to put that time away that's specific for you, and you have to conserve some for yourself. You cannot be everything to everybody. You have to be something for you, too. When you have anxiety or you suffer from depression or you have some other type of mental illness, we tend to... Let me retract that. When you have anxiety, some of us try to be everything to everybody all the time. And then with age, you know, there are changes too. You're not, your stamina is different. You're not able to do the things that you were able to do physically 10 years later. Every couple years, you know, it'll get a little bit harder. But that's where putting your health first matters, mentally and physically. Being healthy, all in all, not just in one aspect of life, but all. Give, give healthy, healthily. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Give healthily. Make sure it's healthy for you and them. Supplying all of anybody's needs is never good. Everybody needs to know how to fend for self, defend self. Making your two-year-old put their own shoes on is not going to hurt that baby. Making your 10-year-old do chores around the house, like emptying the dishwasher or taking out the trash, it's a game. They could put it down. 
requiring things of other people is beneficial to them and you. You both benefit. Allow other people to help carry the weight of the household. This is to my mother's and my father's. Do what you can, what's within your spectrum of giving, and then allow others to contribute as well. We don't have to do everything, and that leads back to our control issues. A lot of people who suffer from anxiety have control issues. Relinquishing that control, it'll be all right. At some point, we were taught that if we didn't take control of it, it won't be all right. It will be all right. And we have to get back to telling ourselves, it will be all right. I can do this. I can do this. And lastly, being kind to yourself. I will always end on the be kind to yourself. Everybody in the world could come up against you and tell you you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, you should be, you could be, you should be. You too can also pick away at yourself on everything that you need to do better, you could be doing better. But why? It is not uplifting or edifying to you whatsoever and it will not help you. It will tear you down and cause you to break down. And that's not our goal. Our goal is to build up so that we may overcome. Be kind to yourself. Speak life to yourself. The power of life and death lies in the tongue. That is not simply pertaining to other people. That is pertaining to self as well. You speak life into yourself. And even if you don't believe it at first or it feels weird or you don't want to, I mean, who going down nobody here but you? This is an audience of one. You don't have to audibly speak those things. You can think them and speak them into your spirit. It's not bad to audibly say it either. I can do this. Start with a simple, I can do this. It's positive and it will help. Well, thank you for listening to Tales of an Anxious Mind. Until next week, be kind to yourself.